Welcome to the Secret Lives of Chiropractors, where we get personal with chiropractic leaders, mentors, and influential entrepreneurs. And I mean, really, really personal. So personal that the things that they will share and open up about, they haven't shared anywhere else. Today, I had Dr. Travis Carperon, and he is a true philosopher, a lover of chiropractic. You are going to love it because he's just so raw and real in today's episode. He even told me why, and you're going to have to listen in and watch for the rest of for, for this, for the reason for this, but... He told me why he looks at his social media first thing in the morning. Um, I love that he said that because it's the opposite of everything I've ever heard. So make sure you listen in for that. At the end of this interview, he also said that today I opened up about so many things in this podcast that I'd never talked about before. And so, you know, this episode is going to be juicy. Um, one of the things that Travis and I talked about that kind of hit home was um, this this sort of statement that he has heard from one of his mentors that I also happen to know. The bigger the vision, the bigger the life. If you know, Liam Schubel um, says that the bigger the vision, the bigger the life. And I couldn't agree with this more. One of the most important things that I teach inside of Elevate Club is getting clarity on that big vision for your life, your practice, your business. And um, most people, what I notice is that they just walk around at best with a vague idea of what that vision looks like. So there is a process in which you can gain clarity it's, you know, success leaves clues. There are some things you can you can do to find what that clear vision is and not only what that clear vision is, but also go bigger, right? The bigger the vision, the bigger the life. So anyways, if you love these success principles uh, similar to that, that basically help you quantum leap your wealth, health, and connection, then maybe join Elevate Club. I'm sure the link is in here somewhere, but it's www.elevate.me and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. As always, enjoy this episode with Travis and make sure you subscribe, share, comment, all the things. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Today, I have Dr. Travis Corcoran, and he is a best-selling author, philosopher, and a liberal arts enthusiast. Um, he helps aspiring scholars properly pursue a self-taught education, in addition to owning and operating several healthcare practices in the Netherlands. Uh, Travis also mentors new grads and uh, he, he's done and he came highly, highly recommended, super successful. And I'm so excited to get to know him. He has also studied nuclear power while he was serving in the U.S. military, earned his bachelor's uh, degree in philosophy with a minor in biology, which is something we have in in common, except the other way. I did my major in biology, minor in philosophy. He serves on two international boards um, as a directors, board of directors. He's college president, donates his time and his finances to anything that is principled and research-based and just 
all around an incredible chiropractor, entrepreneur, and uh, an advocate for chiropractic research and principled chiropractic. So super excited to get to know you. Welcome, Travis. Thank you. It's uh, likewise. Also like to get to know you. I guess I'll just have to start watching the podcast more, I think. We're, yeah, we are going to have to tune in. Beautiful. So um, let's get started. One of the first questions, one of my favorite questions to ask is um, to, to kind of get things going is who, who not only who is Travis right now in this moment, but what were you like, Travis, when you were a child? Like, what was your childhood like? And what were some of the things that happened or what your childhood was like that sort of build out to who you are today as a philosopher, as a teacher, as an entrepreneur, as a chiropractor? Oh, man, I could go through like some of the normal stuff, but maybe I, I've always done really well in school and uh, but I always had a, a bit, and I still do. I have a very deep aversion to authority. And um, mm-hmm. but there's one uh, one story I think sums up like where I'm at now. And this happened like I still remember it so vividly. It happened when I was in second grade, Miss Kaufman's class. Class. I'm nearly fifty. I still remember this second grade class and this event. What happened? But it was for Thanksgiving, this holiday in America, where we celebrate turkeys and pilgrims. Blah blah blah. We got like nine kids sitting around a table, and there's a bunch of these tables with nine kids per table, and they just lay out like a big piece of paper over the whole table, so we can all draw our own little things on there, and. Yeah, I'm like, man, everyone's doing the same thing. It seemed like something the teacher, like looking back, probably something she just wanted, like, so we'd occupy the time and she could have a drink or something. I don't know. I'm just joking. <laughs> but I remember thinking like, and this is back in second grade. So I was probably, what, seven years old. And I thought, man, why don't we, you know, it'd be really cool. Why don't we divide this up? Like right down the middle, you have like a couple kids on one side, one, some on the other, and we divide it into squares and we all uh, draw a giant pilgrim and Indian standing next to each other, but each of us only draw our portion of it, and it'd look really cool because you have these different uh, like takes, a like a like a large puzzle, I guess. Like one yeah. one group would do one piece, yeah. Sure. Like so, like by me, it would have been like maybe the the belt and the the a leg or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, that would be really cool and different than what everyone else is doing. And I remember like. Of the nine kids at this table, I convinced like three of them, but the rest of them were like, you know, doing their own thing or couldn't listen or disagreed. And following the rules, right? Or following right. what you said, majority. Yeah. Which is great. And I, like later in life, I learned like with what I do and like I have created a pretty big table and a big team. We just had our last team meeting. We do every six months. There's like 35 of us there. And I, I always re- remember back to that story when I was a kid. I just wanted to, like, I don't know what to say if I wanted to lead, but I wanted like to do something different and have like a, a bigger impact. Everyone else is just doing the same thing, and it didn't really, I don't know. And so I realized uh, the problem wasn't wasn't me, and it wasn't the people at the table. It was just there weren't the right people at the table. And now I know better. Like I just. I just want to find the people who are similar to me and want to do big things. And then, yeah, that's how things go now. And I always remember that story because um, it was, I, it, I took it like poorly. I was like, oh, why doesn't everyone, this is a great idea. Why don't people like my idea? And now I just know like, yeah, there's a lot of people that 
absolutely hate my ideas and that's fine i just want to find more of the people who who do like my ideas yeah or have, or have similar ones you know yeah they're aligned with where you're at where you want yeah. to go okay. so that's interesting uh so it sounds like you were always kind of like the leader come up with the idea you know um and so i'm curious was there any part of like prior to second grade where you became that way like were you born that way what did did you you know what i mean like yeah. with That's your siblings i i've been i read a lot into this like a couple of years ago it's been a long time since but i was always interested in um like siblings in the order so exactly. i was the old, i was the oldest of five mm-hmm. so that certainly has some something to do with it and then there's also a lot of interesting stuff if like you're the oldest brother of brothers or the oldest brother of sisters or like you're the oldest sister of brothers and or the youngest and how that shapes your like i guess the way you interact with other people so i was always the oldest brother of like three sisters Mm. so like that was i always felt comfortable in that situation where like i have some friends or like some colleagues uh, the oldest sister of many brothers. And so in a situation of leading men, they do like a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. She knows how to capture their attention, things like that. But I get along really well with other, I don't know, problem solvers and like think thinkers. Yeah. Big thinkers. Like we connect. Yeah. Big vision visionaries. Cool. So um, now as you moved along in your childhood was there was there anything else that came that comes up any other big memories that kind of contributes to your level of leadership entrepreneurship just just bad ones where people have told me like you can't do this you're not good enough or like you're a loser you're hearing those things Mm -hmm. are like 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 mental scars that like they heal but they leave like a mark that you like spend time trying to correct or you think you're not good enough um but now i kind of wear them like a badge you know like someone who actually has physical scars like that never it heals over but there's always the reminder yeah and uh when i look at some of those people with physical scars like oh they've been through quite a bit and yeah they make the best of it i do the same but I take those hits and I'm sure you understand too. I bet you still take them today. You're, you're a big visionary and there are people who just, they think they'll be successful by bringing you down or something. I don't know. So you do, the more successful you are, the more people take shots at you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you're not getting shot at, then you're probably not doing things that are big enough. Yeah. You're playing safe. You're playing safe. I remember I was on a podcast and somebody asked me and I actually was, was, surprised at the question i'd never gotten that question before but somebody was like you're female and almost you know like what do you say to those people who criticize you or what do you say to those people who think that you got where you got by such and such and i was like you know actually i've never thought about those people yeah. i'm focused on the people that are you know at, i want at my table practically yeah. so that's that's great. Awesome. So um, let's see, what pisses you off? What like what annoys you? What frustrates you? Uh, when people <laughs> anyone that knows me knows most of my triggers 
But uh, I would say po- anything postmodernist, just oh man, it goes right through me. It's always one of my triggers. Like that everything is subjective. There is no truth, or or that truth itself is subjective. Um, when people have no problem denouncing reason and logic, I just I, I can't get it through life for the life of me, right? And it's always the same kind of people. It's the ones who claim to be holistic, yet they only hold place for subjectivity and never objectivity. So they're not holistic at all. They're some of the most extremist people that, uh, and they they grind every one of my final nerves. That it's oh, dude, or people that aren't interested in solutions, but just interested in complaining and excuses and. Uh, that's, oh, uh, even just talking about it gets me like <laughs> freaking blood pressure <laughs> going, man. Well, don't don't get pissed off. I don't want you pissed off on this podcast. Okay. So um, what would you say your secret sauce is? Travis's secret sauce. Oof. Ooh, that's tough. I never really thought about it. And if I if I did, it wouldn't be much of a secret. But uh I don't know. I would say the trivium has served me very well. The tri- or just problem solving. I love problem solving. And I like to, I really, once I understand a principle, I feel what wisdom is, is when you can take that and apply it to many things. Like, mm-hmm. some, like I'm impressed by someone like the Japanese tea ceremony and the things they learn through that they can apply to everything they do. Mm-hmm. When I learned something about, uh, physiology i can apply it to psychology i think mm-hmm. when people understand the power of principles like i do that that makes you powerful like mm-hmm. principles fundamental truths are a powerful thing when you acknowledge and, and accept that <clears throat> you you become just as powerful as those principles Mm, love that. I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how if you are able to, which you are as a philosopher, educator, and obviously you're very smart. Um, if you are able to take a principle in one area, in one category, like you mentioned, the um, Japanese tea ceremony, and you're able to take those and you're able to make a lateral move and apply it to something that is in a different category, say life or chiropractic or something like that, that's actually considered genius, right? So because most people will just look at the tea ceremony, which I don't know anything about, I'm, I'm going to ask you about it, but say they, they will look at that and they'll just see it in that category. They're unable to move or philosophize or actually apply to any other lateral um topics or categories of thought yeah exactly and um you know i don't know how far your podcast is going to go and not to get too political but you see it right now with uh, my body my choice funny mm-hmm. how it applies one case but not the other and this and back and forth or and then defining what is my body like that's another thing people don't define their terms or they right. shift, shift definitions to suit their ideology it's yeah. um, it's unfortunate and that kind of fluidity there's times when fluidity is not good. Right, or, right. Or let me put it this way. Tolerance. Tolerance. That's a big thing right now. Everyone's like, hey, more tolerant. Yeah, I'm very tolerant. I'm t- we've gotten, so, we've loved tolerance so much now that we've become tolerant of evil, tolerant of stupidity, tolerant of ignorance. I mean, it has gotten insane what we now 
tolerate and mm-hmm. it's good to be tolerant, but it is not good to be tolerant of bad things. Yeah. You've taken it so far, so extreme. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think going back to fluidity, I do think that people, and this is a very light example of it, which, which I'll get into in a second, but I feel like people will just choose whatever they're choosing. And then they justify beforehand. Like I got two little boys and I remember, do you have kids, Travis? No. No. Okay. So Uh, In the States, at least, like when they go to first grade, it's kind of like a really big deal. So prior to first grade, my kids were in uh, a private school. And so we were deciding or my my first one, um, we were deciding, do we take him out of this private school that actually goes all the way to sixth grade or do we put him in public school? And so I remember for it was like the one of the biggest decisions I had to make was what do we do when Ryan turns, uh, has to go to first grade? And so there was all this conversation, a bunch of group text messages and, um, just tons of back and forth with all the moms covering every single pro, every single con of going to private school versus the public school, what it's going to do, the psychology of it with the kids. And here's what I learned. People will just make the decision that they want to make. Like we decided on private school in this case. And then even me, I ended up justifying here are the reasons. Even if the pros and cons were all the same, then I would justify, be like, oh, I'm sending him to private school because of such and such. And if I'm being honest with myself, it either way, it would have been fine. I chose private school for whatever reason that I did that I might not even know, but I justified all of my decisions. Now, this is a light example of that. Obviously, in life and in society, when it involves like universal consciousness, that's kind of a big deal, right? Yeah, that's uh, we all do that. And we hear it about sales too. like people will they'll buy things on emotion, then justify the, the, the purchase with uh, logic and reason which I always think, eh, kind of, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not logic and reason. I would call it rationality. Rational. Like we rationalize. There's a difference between reasoning and rationalizing. Rationalizing means you, you're basically weighing something. That's what, when you make a pros and cons list, you're like, what, what is the ratio, right? right. So rational means over pertaining to the ratios. And, but reasoning is actually a system systematic repeatable yeah. reliable pro- you, i mean if you minored in philosophy you're familiar with mm-hmm. at least symbolic logic and there's like form to an argument and rules and reasoning inductive or deductive is very di- a bit different than rationalizing yeah and i think what we do that what you hear in, about that sales thing all the time we buy with emotion and then justify with reason and logic and now we justify it with we rationalize it rationalize it a hundred percent I I have personal experience with those purchases as well. We, we I do too. I, of course, I'd be lying <laughs> if I said I did. Okay, so um, let's see. You talked about some scars, right? Like the mental scars, which I know uh, if you're human, you are experiencing it. Now, do you have self doubt these days as a 50 year old successful entrepreneur? Yeah, Chiropractor? all the time. I, all the time. I think. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's for, for everyone. This is just my, my perspective. I have those doubts regularly, <clears throat> just like I have like, um, I, I, f- I feel anger, fear, guilt, shame. 
And I'm the last person to tell people that those are bad things. I think those are very necessary. Mm-hmm. Like these people that want to live in this, again, people that claim to be holistic, they only want like joy and happiness and, you know, but we have these emotions for a reason. Anger is absolutely necessary in the face of injustice. Like if something unjust happened, like to your children yeah. and you didn't get yeah. angry, anger, you need to be angry. That's what motivates action, right? Mm-hmm. And like for what fear is what keeps prey alive in the face of a predator. Guilt and shame is what keeps uh, society functioning well. Like if you do something ridiculous or you hurt someone else, guilt is what is what you should feel. You should feel guilt and shame when you make mistakes or you wrong someone. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that too. I feel like fear that I'm not serving my team well enough or that I can do better or that I haven't. Um, given them my best. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what keeps me going. I, it's not just all roses and cupcakes. I don't think that's what, which a lot of, unfortunately, mental gurus are trying to sell you that like, you just be happy all the time, ignore the negative. But um, again, not very holistic, is it? No, not so much. So how do you determine when those thoughts of fear, anger, shame, guilt, anything, like how do you determine what's the line between when they do serve you into something versus uh, you're just kind of digging yourself into a hole? Uh, I would say that's where, again, I come back to the trivium and not that it's a hundred percent, but what I'm going to try to do is if I feel fear, is it, is it rational fear or is it irrational fear? Um, Same with guilt or shame and anger. Like, is it, is it reasonable to be angry right now? And that's how, you know, that's that's what I do. And but you can only do that when you kind of step back a little bit. And that's difficult in the heat of the, the thing. So uh, for me, that's uh, I know where I go and what I do and when I think about it. And that's usually at the Boulder gym. Like when I'm on the route, I, I go through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or I lay um, there's a space in my bedroom on the floor where I just lay down. Just calm. Like, all right. Kind of think about this like uh, I'm an observer. And then try and determine if those feelings, which you can't turn them on or off, right? They're automatic. That's why they're called emotional reactions Mm -hmm. and uh, thoughtful responses. So I try to respond as reasonably as possible. And, but first you have to calm down and then, then think, is this anger reasonable or unreasonable? Is this fear reasonable or unreasonable? This guilt, this shame, whatever it is I'm feeling, even, uh, I only started doing this recently, like pride, happiness, joy. I was like, is that reasonable? Should I be happy about that? And that's something I haven't done before. I only just started recently. Okay. So in some ways, are you saying you are thinking yourself out of the emotion or do you allow the emotion to continue? So like you can rationalize, not rational, logically kind of reason with yourself and say, is this, is this a feeling I should be having? And do you then how do you like, how do you overcome the emotion? I guess at that point, yeah, self experience fully. I like, I can say, um, there are times when I fight my emotions, like, uh, in a crowd and like someone does something like very touching or moving, like I'm horrible at getting gifts in front of people. It's like, uh, dude, it's like, I got to fight it, you know, because as, as a man, you don't like to really show that kind of side, you know? Or at least I don't. Is that reasonable, Travis? Probably not, but I'm not uh, still not comfortable with it. <laughs> Who's messing uh, up? 
But uh, no, that's a fair point, though. I would say, and I, I always say this, emotions are automatic. There's nothing I can do to turn them off. The mm-hmm. best we can ever do is like mitigate or manage them. And that's that's really what I'm doing. I'm not like overcoming them. I just want to make sense of them and understand them. Mm-hmm. And I've said it, I say this all the time. So this is just another podcast. I'm saying the same thing. And that is the voice of reason. There is only one. And there are multitude of chaotic emotions. And if we were to listen to them and they were to like run the show, it looks similar to the world now, like Congress or a bunch of idiots, right? And they're all missing the same thing. One voice of reason. It's just a bunch of emotionally charged political ideologies. So if you allow your mind to run wild with these emotions, you're not really in control of your life. Someone else is. Whoever or whatever triggers your emotions, that's what's controlling you because they know those can never be turned on or off. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to reclaim the, the monarchy, my internal monarchy, the, the, the throne of rulership to that voice of reason. Right. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to like turn off the emotions. That is impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, this, the mental space, like prioritizing the mental space too, like having, accessing it, contemplating on it. What am I experiencing? Most people don't spend the time to actually get in there and, and really like understand what is actually happening. They just kind of go through everything. So I love that you do that. I'm curious if you have um, like a morning routine or, you know, throughout that, can you run me through what a day in a life of Travis looks like starting with your morning routine? I'd love to know what a, a normal day is like in my life, but uh, luckily I do have a pretty good morning routine. Uh, it does get upset a little bit when I travel. So I, luckily COVID was kind of nice. It, it locked it in even tighter, mm-hmm. but uh, I wake up. Um, I, I'm a poor sleeper. I'll admit that. I always wake up a little tired because since I, as long as I can remember, I, I sleep and wake in like 20 to 40 minute increments. So I'll be wow. awake for like 20 minutes, might sleep for 20, 40 minutes, and then I'm awake all night. Wow. And I wake up a little tired. Sorry to interrupt. Has that always been the case for you? It, for as long as I can remember. Since you were a child? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you as know long what that it, is? I have no idea. I remember like the good part is like I've, it used to frustrate me, to be honest, Nona. But I've just kind of grown used to it. And I actually like the fact that I can remember and reflect on so many of my um, dreams mm. or, or nightmares, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's really nice that they're always fresh. I wake up and it's like, mm, then I have time to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wake up pretty tired. I uh, this, this is my number one tip go through social media right away. That's what I, <laughs> I know a lot of people say, stay off that. I wake up, I, I cover that real quick. So I can just put that away for like the next like half of my day. Can I just say, I love that you said that because I have never heard that before. I, I've heard <laughs> don't do social media from people who wake up and do social media. So I love, just love, love, love that you said that. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting, but this is okay. I'll be, I'll be super honest with you. I have I don't hide that stuff. Like everyone's trying to, I think a lot of people in our field, especially are always trying to put forth this like perfection, like they, as if they do fire baths and 
or ice bath and fire walks and sweat lodges every day of their life and breathing. I don't do any of that shit. Mm. None of it. I wake up, I'm on social media for like probably 20 to 30 minutes. And then that, then I go about my day. I get up and I do, uh, I do my sports and that usually is like 40 minutes. Yeah. 30 to 30 minutes to an hour. I would say 40 on average. And then, um, then I have like a smoothie that I really love. Uh, and then I take, you make uh, it or do you buy it? I make it. You make it. What do you put in and your? Smoothie? I put in, uh, this is good. Now I'm going to sound like a lunatic, but I put in like a tablespoon of pumpkin seeds, tablespoon of chia seeds, one hazelnut, uh, two bananas, 250 grams of blueberries, 250 grams of spinach and distilled water. And yeah, that's it. That sounds really good. Okay. It's delicious. And then, uh, and then I take a hot bath. I take a hot bath, like probably five, six days out of the week. You take a bath every single day. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Uh, it wasn't always that way, but for the last like three and a half years, for sure. Wow. I've really gotten to the point where I have the time to do that. I don't have to wake up and put out fires immediately. Those usually come later in the day. Yeah. But, um, and then, uh, and then that's probably that that's every morning. What comes after that is then, uh, my baby starts to cry and I have to tend to it, uh, when you've got like so many offices and all this other stuff and then all the other stuff. How many practices you have, Travis? Uh, right now we have nine in the U S and we're opening two more in September we have two. We just opened the second one in London, and uh, also this November we're opening in Florence, Italy. Oh, that's incredible! That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be nice for the business right off if I go to Italy. Exactly. <laughs> Very cool. So, um, if you were to go back and give advice to your younger self as a chiropractor chiropractor entrepreneur like as you started your business or maybe as you graduated whatever however you think of it what advice would you give yourself what would you do different i know people are like i don't have any regrets i'm not looking you might have regrets you're like you'd be the one that to tell me you know what there is one thing i do regret (laughs) the opposite of everybody i'm not looking for regrets per se but like what would you do differently to give you different results or what advice would you give yourself to maybe you know have a better outcome by now at the age of 50? I could, this is such a tough, I hear this question all the time and it, you, you see this on Instagram. What would you say now? Like every chiropractor asks this question. And I can say that like chiropractically, I don't know. I, I really don't know if I would have done anything different because I'm really happy and confident with where I'm at now. That doesn't mean I'm completely satisfied. There's still so much work that needs to be done in this profession. And I often feel like, why aren't I not doing more or more effective? Why, what I am doing, can I do it more effectively? The one thing I would say, and I can't say that it's definitely chiropractic related. That's fine. I would have, I have no business sense. And a lot of people think what, but I really don't like financial and investment. I wish I'd invested differently. If I would have like, I was always full of buying a house. I mean, I enjoy freedom. I stay 
single most of the time. I don't have kids. I, I really have a, I, I really enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. But now as you get older, you, oh, I wish I had a few more assets and stuff like this. I've been just so focused on chiropractic that I never really took the time to learn like financial investing. Mm-hmm. If I could do anything different, that would be it. Mm-hmm. And of course, any anything that that would have done for me, I just would have spent on chiropractic anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's great advice, though. I think we do forget as chiropractors, we do kind of like go into this box and heavily focus on chiropractic, and we're very purpose driven. And so sometimes we forget to access other investments in life. All right, very cool. So um, let's see. What is super exciting that you are working on right now? What's exciting in Travis's life? And um, yeah, tell us if there are any projects and then what we'll do next. I'm going to ask you like just a few super quick questions and uh, then we'll cover how people can kind of connect with you. So tell us what's exciting in Travis's life. Uh, Well, with the school, we're... um opening the European Chiropractic Academy. This is the first chiropractic school in the Netherlands. Mm. Subluxation based, just, yeah, like a real chiropractic school. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going really well. The first class is already underway. Uh, we're looking to start up the second class in October. That's where, always ex- where, exciting where, and challenging. Sorry, hold on, yeah. interrupting you. Where is this taking place? In Eindhoven, the Netherlands. Ah, okay, very cool. And... Um, yeah, it's very exciting, but it's also super, super challenging. Like, uh, it's much easier to run a chiropractic clinic. And then in Top Cairo, uh, it's very exciting that uh, we're opening up in Florence, Italy, with two of my most amazing associates I've ever had, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, Paolo and Blanca. And then the IFCO, everything that happens with the IFCO excites me just because they're so principled and subluxation based. It's like, uh, for me, the only organization that truly represents chiropractic Mm -hmm. and that's the bulk of it. I'm also working on hopefully in September or it might be late October because I'm going to Egypt with Shady and Sally. I don't know if you know them, Mm -mm. two most amazing people. I know Australian chiropractors, but they're, Originally from Egypt, they put on this uh, thing called Cairo's to Cairo. So oh, I'll be I saw to... that. I saw that on the Cairo Euro, or like Cairo Europe page or or one of the pages. That's awesome. They, oh man, they are um, they're amazing people, and Egypt is amazing. I went in 2018, and uh, there's like a mission trip at the end, and like it's two weeks. You sail on the Nile. You do hot air balloon over the Valley of the Kings. Wow. In those two weeks, you see more of Egypt than you could imagine and then uh, also there'll be about 12 hours of lectures from myself that's really exciting that's in last half of september okay and i have plans in october um top secret chiropractic plans in the beginning of october and which you can't share on the secret lives on the secret lives of this chiropractor you'd think i'd be sure but Unfortunately, I cannot. But uh, so probably end of October, I'm hoping that I'll be releasing like, uh, and this isn't just there'll be discounts for chiropractors because that's who I care most about. But uh, like a program to help study the trivium or the first three liberal arts. Mm. That's beautiful. Love that. So is there still room for your September event 
for Egypt. Can yeah, people not for it? Ooh, unfortunately, it is fully booked, and it's uh, understandable, understandable why. It's. I just hope that Sally and Shady do this again and again because it it truly is one of the most amazing trips you can imagine. Mm. Like the, so many people think about like. If you or I went to a psychiatrist, then they would ask all about our childhood, right? Because there's a lot to learn about someone from their childhood. Well, when you go to Egypt, you're like learning about the childhood of civilization. Mm, and that's a good way to put it. It's, it, it's just mind-blowing. And it's something to point. If you'd like to think, nothing sparks thought like being in Egypt and looking at all this stuff. It's crazy. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to have to be on the lookout for the next one. I would love it's on my bucket list for sure. Good. I will send it through to you. Yeah, that would be great. Um, all right, let's do some quick questions. You're going to give me like super fast answers. Um, Travis, do you have a childhood nickname? And if so, what is it? Pookie. Pookie. I know this was fast, but like, why Pookie? I, you'd have to ask my parents. That's what they call me as a baby. That is super cute. Okay. What kind of car do you drive, Travis? Volvo. All right. And what, you kind of answered this already. Were you always a good student? Because you kind of mentioned I was always a good student. Yeah. Till the very end of my academic career, I was. And it was the last year of chiropractic when I was like, Enough yeah. is enough. Enough is enough. <laughs> I've been an A student enough times. What was the very first for, uh, job that you ever held? Oh man, I was working for my father as a like like testing fire hoses, testing oh. and running up fire hoses. Is your dad a an entrepreneur? He was a business owner. Yeah, he him and uh, his ten brothers. He had no sisters. Just eleven boys. Wow. They, they all worked in uh, fire protection or owned their own offices. Okay, very cool. And uh, where do you grocery shop? Or do you do your own grocery shop or do you order online? A uh, combination of both. Depends what's more convenient. If it's on the, I'm one of those guys who likes to make the best of my time. That's like another problem solving thing. Like if I'm on the road and I stop, perfect. If not, then I order. Then you order. Okay. And um, last question, who has been the biggest influence in your life? Oh, man, there have been so many. That one is tough. The biggest. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I would have to, I would have to say my high school. No, I, take the, I was going to say my high school physics teacher. I'm going to say my dentist when I was a teenager in high school. Oh, tell me why. Uh, yeah, I, I came from a big family and nothing against my family. They're, they're all good people. But my uh, dentist, he served all of us. But he was took me aside and uh, he was such a cool guy. And he was the first one to really like say positive things about me and how tell me that like you're different don't ever get comfortable don't ever look for comforts he's like you're gonna do so many great things it was just yeah i for some reason we had a great connection i told him i wanted to be a dentist and he was like don't waste your time there's you're meant for something else wow. and I, dr crawford or chris crawford and his son went to school like was the same age as me but was like in the public school i went to private school 
And he always struggled with his son. He was trying to get like his son to hang out with me, thinking I'm like a good influence, which my parents would argue I wasn't. But uh, I don't know. I would say, yeah, he impacted me at a young age. There are plenty of chiropractors. I mean, I could like list like Sean Dill, Reggie Gold, Liam Schubel. Sure. Liam Schubel was huge. There was something he said that would, he says it to everyone, but it really, when I understood it, it changed me forever. What was but, it? something so simple the bigger the vision the bigger the life Mm. and that is so when you really understand that is the deepest level that is one of the truest statements that i can think of Mm. but those were those are later on i think the people that impact us the earliest have like the most influence just like that ship when it leaves the ports right down the road it has way more impact and that's why they i guess the formative years anyway I love that. And he, um, I love that the, the biggest influence was a dentist and you told him you wanted to be a dentist. And he said, don't waste your time. Um, that's a beautiful thing. So Travis, thank you so much for all the time, this, this time that you spent with me, cause I know you're so busy. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Where do they find you? We can put all the links uh, in the notes, but yeah. How do they connect with you? I would say the easiest, the absolute easiest is if you, because you can reach me by so many different ways through just this one portal. If you go to uh, restoringreason.com, mm-hmm. that's the title of my book. And uh, you can also download the first chapter for free. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, or you can contact me through that. It's also good. Just download that chapter too. see if it's something that you like, or if it's easier to read in it. In a way, it helps you get to know who I am and what I'm about to or what I find important. And then to make sure you really do want to get in contact with me, because I can be a frustrating person sometimes, especially if you're very emotionally driven. That I, I can be a frustrating element in your life. But I'm I respond to pretty much almost anybody and everybody, uh, especially students, students, chiropractic students are at the top of my list, the greatest priority. Amazing. Thank you. And we'll put the links in the podcast notes, or if you're watching this somewhere, the links will be here. And again, thank you so much, Travis, for giving me your time and sharing um, on this podcast, all of your heart. I appreciate it. And uh, it was, it was great to get to know you today. It's been my pleasure. This is one of the most interesting uh, podcasts I've ever done where people ask me things I normally wouldn't be comfortable talking about. (laughs) Good. I'm glad we got you to open up. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for watching and listening Secret Lives of Chiropractors and uh, be sure to subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.